Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 72. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week's episode concludes our series of 30 Days to Grow interviews. Joining us on the show to discuss what your prices really say about your salon and how to know when it's time to raise them is regular Forest FM guest and salon coach David Barnett from the High Performance Stylist. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, guys. David, welcome back. It was only just morning. a couple of weeks ago that we had you again. Yeah, no, you know what? It's it's great to be back again. It feels like I was here yesterday, but <laughs> it was fantastic. I love I love being on here. Uh, I love meeting with you guys and uh, I always get great, great feedback, which is always fantastic, you know? So uh, yeah, pleasure to be here again. No worries. So we're in the very last week of the 30 Days to Grow Challenge. And the whole idea behind this this 30-day challenge is that we live in, you know, in a deep discounting culture. And we were talking about this loads last year. Salon prices have like largely remained the same over the course of the last decade, I'd say. Even. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you came up with this whole idea of charging what you're worth for the episode, mm-hmm. um, I'm just really curious to, to, to see how exactly you get into, like, how do I know what I'm worth? Right. And that is, that is, of course, the big question, right? <laughs> um, you know, and first of all, I mean, at first, the, the thing is, um, first and foremost, is that a lot of salon owners and stylists are fearful of raising their prices, right? They are actually more fearful than the guest, you know? I mean, they've, they've kind of got this thing in their head that if I raise my client, if I raise my prices, nobody is going to come in right? Or everyone's going to be so upset with me. And if I keep them low, I'm going to be packed. And just that is not the case. It's not how it works. You know, I mean, I think what made that most evident to me was when I went and worked over in New York City. And, uh, you know, I was walking it, I walked in, in, into this salon. Um, and, you know, I ended up being a stylist there, but they were charging like astronomical prices like you know i mean i mean the lowest price haircut was 130 dollars i went in there charging 200 my boss was charging 500 and the standard of work was just you know it wasn't even i would say okay it was good i'm gonna say it was good (laughs) but it was it was classic okay it was classic so there wasn't anything really exciting about it or innovative or different about it and it just made me realize that you know, the price is based on the service, you know, on the standard of service and the experience that the guest is having, you know, and that was where they blew it away. You know, the customer service was absolutely amazing. So I think it's a case of, you know, how good is the experience that you're giving to the client? You know, that's where it kind of stems from rather than worrying about the prices, because once you're given an amazing experience, then the price becomes less relevant. It's going to be somewhere that people want to come back. Mm -hmm. And this is where we saw the issue with these marketplaces and stuff where to get people in your doors, you are given 50, 60% off these Mm -hmm. vouchers and Groupons and stuff like that. But those guys never come back because Mm -hmm. they're constantly chasing the discount. Yeah, it's funny. I like. I know you're a football fan. You've been to the, the, the Super Bowl. You had the VIP stand. I don't know if you saw the Super Bowl ad for Groupon this year. But they were saying, like, we encourage local business and this and that. And I was like, oh, God. Really? Wow. I, I, you know, I just, I just dislike the, the word discount, you know, immensely. I just think, I just feel like, you know, I never, ever discounted any services in my business. It was either complimentary, right, free of charge, or it was full price. 
You know, I just think that's just a much, I think it's just a much classier way of yeah. doing it. You know, either invite somebody in for a complimentary service and that way they kind of understand the next time it's going to be full price. But if you give them a discount, they kind of expect the discount next time too. Or why, you know, why wouldn't you? You gave it last time. But what know? also stops your other clients going, well, hang on, why are they getting it for half the price exactly. I'm getting it when I keep coming back to you? If you want to upset your regular clients, do a big Groupon and say it's for new clients only and see what happens, you know? <laughs> but Zoe, getting back to what you initially asked me, you know, about um, how you even know if you're charging what you're worth, right? I mean, first of all, before you even think about what you want to charge, you've got to look at what you can afford to charge, all right? And so many hairdressers open their own business and they don't even know what their break-even is, all right? So it's, a, it's, an, it's an easy thing to find out. You know, what are your set charges that you've got every single month? What are the bills you've got coming in that you know you've got to pay? So first of all and foremost, this should be what you want to pay yourself, you know? What can you afford to live on? right? That has to come number one. I, I, I was um, working with a client recently, with a, a salon recently. Um, she hadn't paid herself for two and a half years. At all? You know, she, at all. She'd been living off her husband's wages, trying to build the salon business, and everybody else had been getting paid, and she hadn't been paying herself. You know, and I said to her immediately, I said, this is what we need to fix, like, right now. You do not have a business right now. You know, you have a charity, you know, and we're not in this to break even. We're in this to have a living and hopefully a very, very good one. So first and foremost, I said, we've got to find out what the number is. So, you know, wh wh how much you are willing to pay yourself enough as well to, to live on, right? How much is your rent? How much is your electricity? How much is your um, uh, your products? You know, and uh, any other team members? What are, what are the wages there? What is your break even? You know, what does it cost you to keep those lights on, right? And then once we figure that out, then we kind of reverse engineer it from there. We work backwards and and think, okay, so let's for instance, let's say it's I'm just throwing numbers out there, but let's say it's a thousand thousand bucks or a thousand euro a month to keep the lights on. Well, if your average ticket then is 50, 50 euro, $50, whatever it may be, then how many clients have you got to see in order to do that? And then we break it down to a daily basis. All right. So obviously, you know, if it's, if it's, um, if it's a thousand, you've got to see 20 clients, right? Which of course wouldn't be hard to do. So you're seeing one a day, you can afford to keep the lights on. But you know, if it ends up being four or 5,000, then you know, obviously the numbers are a lot higher, but you need to have that number. It's so crucial. And the majority of salon owners that, that I, I work with, when we first sit down and I say, okay, what's the break even to begin with? They don't know it. Not off the top of their head. And we've got to know that number. You know, you've got to be, have that intimate relationship with your business that you know exactly how much it is in order to keep the lights on. And then you can start to say, okay, this is where my prices need to be. This is where I can afford to have them. Once you find out that price point, then it's like, okay, now how much more am I worth? You know, so, you know, my experience obviously comes into that, you know, where, where you've worked previously, how many years you've been in the business. Um, 
what the experience for the guest is like, you know, so what else are you doing? Like, you know, for instance, in my own salon, we did a lot of scalp massage um, for every single client that was getting a blow dry or a haircut. Um, for anybody who's having color, we did hand and arm massages. You know, I have clients that also, um, they use these relaxing eye pillows. So if they're lying down at the, at the shampoo bowl, they've got these lavender warm eye pillows. So little things like that make a massive difference and that's got to affect your price point as well. So once you've got the bottom line, we start to build on that. Okay, how much am I worth? You know, of course, community comes into it. We can even look at other salons, of course. What are what are the benchmarks for what they're charging, and how am I different from that? But I think that is how we establish exactly where our price point needs to be, rather than guessing it. You know, um, another salon that we're working with right now. I, in fact, I had the conversation with the owner this morning because I told her that we needed to raise her prices. If she stays where she is, there's no way that she's going to have a business in six months to a year from now. So we put up the prices across the board. Now, probably only five five bucks, five pound actually. It was in the UK, so five pound across the board on each service. And she called me this morning, worried about it. You know, I'm worried about the price increase. I said, "Why? Who's complained? Nobody yet." <laughs> okay, so. We haven't had any complaints yet. I said, you've got this in your own head. She said, well, one of the other stylists said that one of her regulars didn't rebook. She always rebooks. I said, well, maybe she's on vacation and she's not sure when her next appointment should be. Let's follow up with her, perhaps in a day or two, get some feedback on her last visit and find out what it is. Don't jump to conclusions that she's got a big hang up about the price and she's never coming back. Because as long as you are delivering or over delivering on their expectation on the service, then they're going to come back. You know. Yeah, don't be don't be biased on it's just because I increased the price. Right. Anything could have happened that day. Anything in their life could have happened yeah. that they couldn't come back. So don't worry about the pricing. But like, what what do you tell someone who does worry that it's going to turn my clients off? So how do you get mm -hmm. them to believe that this is not going to be the worst case scenario or <laughs> well, the worst thing in the world? Well, I think first of all, you know, the most important thing is to know that you are ready for a price increase. Okay, and there's a formula to do that. All right. So this is how, you know, I had regular um, prices, price increases in my salon, but each stylist um, had to show me they were ready. It wasn't a case of them coming up to me saying, David, I want to be paid more. Okay, I'll put up your prices or okay, I'll, I'll increase your commission. You know, we sat down, we looked at their numbers and I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you the formula now that I use in order to know, you know, when a new stylist on the floor was ready for a price increase. Okay. So if you've got a pen and pencil, you might want to jot this down. Okay. I'm this down <laughs> so, so the first thing was that you've got to be 75% booked. All right. Um, now because of amazing, amazing software companies like forest, our life is so much easier, all right? This was such a difficult thing to track not very, very long ago. Now we've got, you know, you've just made our life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both <laughs> and the whole team at Forest because you have made our life just so much easier, you know? I mean, numbers are the one thing that as a hairdresser, we hate to even think about, you know? It's just the one thing that we just get so frustrated with, right? We don't even want to go there. We're artists, right? And we don't even want to look at the numbers. We give that to the accountant. But now we can click a button and we get all this information. So firstly, 75% booked. If you're not 75% booked, don't even think about raising your prices, okay? Um, there's something else going on. If you've been hairdressing for a long time and you're still not booked at that price point, there's probably something else going on. But anyway, 75% booked. 
We also track the amount of services the person had done in a month. So not the amount of clients, the amount of services. So if someone came in for a haircut and color, then of course that's two services, all right? They need to have done 130. 130 services was the benchmark that I set for new stylists. The third thing that we tracked was retention, right? So 60%. Um, retention rate. All right. So if you haven't got 60% of your clients coming back in, and the way that we we kind of judge retention was that if they hadn't been back in within three months, okay, 12 weeks, then you weren't retaining that guest. Okay. So if you want to know what your retention is right now, you might want to, you know, track it from three months ago, right up until till today, and that'll give you your retention rate. Um, the other thing that I love to track was new guests, especially for a new stylist on the floor. They had to have eight new clients coming in per month, all right? So two a week, which isn't a lot, right? And now, if it was a stylist that was been with me some time and they had a full book of regular clients, I wouldn't track that as closely because, of course, they haven't got room for new clients. If that's the case for you, then don't worry about that one, Okay. The other thing that I, the other two things that I also added to this, which is ones that we came up with ourselves, because I believe that these last two, they tell me that the, the client really trusts you, and it tells me that they're definitely going to come and book back in. And that is, first of all, retail. All right, the retail per client ticket um, needs to be about ten pound. All right, or twelve dollars fifty. We had it at, and uh, so that means that basically the. Uh, the average client is buying at least a bottle of shampoo from you. Some clients I know don't buy, and some clients buy three. So on average, you've got to be selling one per, per guest. And then the last thing is add-on services. Right? We wanted to see ten add-on services per client. So you know, there's quite a few uh, benchmarks there that really tell you whether you are ready for a price increase or not. But at least. If you are hitting those, then you know that it's a guarantee that's not going to be a problem. All right. If if you're under on any of those, then I would say you're, you're taking a little bit of a risk. You're probably going to lose a couple more than you would like to lose. But and we always found that once they were hitting these benchmarks, then it was a no-brainer. You know, and we would normally increase the, um, either the haircut or the color, one or the other. Normally, not both. Because it means that if the client books in for a haircut and color, she's getting hit with a double whammy there. So um, we would normally keep it one or the other. So um, uh, so not to not to upset the guests. But just looking at that formula there, it's an achievable amount to say, yeah, I'm ready for the price increase. Right. There's only one thing there that stands out to me that I might have a doubt about. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's having to sell the retail product for every client. Mm-hmm. But... For anyone that listened to David's episode a couple of weeks ago where he's talking about the upselling product, after listening to that episode, you should have no qualms of being able to upsell a product to every single client. Yeah. That was another great formula where you just put the three products constantly right. in their mind. Right. Right. You know, it all it all comes down to education, you know, and this ties into the client experience. You know, you've got to be educating your guests on what you're doing. You know, they want to know why you've picked up that product. They want to know why you're using it, why you chose it for their hair, you know, why, why that specific product. That's all you need to be doing, t- talking to them about it. And, you know, having that in there as a benchmark for them, to the, for the stylist to hit is, of course, going to encourage them to have that conversation. You know, we need to have a goal there for them to hit. Now, this is a fantastic formula because we say, oh, like increase your prices. But like you're saying, you have to have a reason why. Mm. And this here right now, 
it, it highlights why you should increase your prices, not just I'm given a cheap service, I'm going to increase, increase my prices because that's, there's no value there. Right. But even more than that, I mean, obviously, a lot of people think, like you were saying, that they'll get backlash from, you know, raising their prices. But if anything, if you're actually ready to raise them, like you said, and you've done that formula, if anything, you're actually raising your reputation by raising your prices. Absolutely. Well, so true, Zoe, right? I mean, you've got to you've got to keep growing, right? I mean, everything else in our industry goes up in price, right? Your rent goes up, your product cost goes up, probably your software goes up in price as well. I'm not sure about that. Not very often, right? <laughs> Forest stays pretty consistent. But I mean, um, you know, everything gets more expensive, you know, it's more expensive to live every single year, you know, and, and also you're, you're getting more experience, you deserve to be raising your prices. That is the bottom line that you deserve to be doing it, you know, and, and, um, you know, I can't stress more that it's all about the experience, you know, don't think about the price, think about what else you can offer them. You know, it, it reminds me of this story. Um, I moved back to Wales about a year ago, right? And I'm from this small town originally called Menai Bridge, right? Menai Bridge is is on this little island called Anglesey, which is like one of the furthest, um, part, uh, most western regions of, of North Wales. And uh, this little town, I mean, like probably the, the fanciest restaurant you could get there would be a, a really good pub dinner, you know? <laughs> I love a bit of gastropub. <laughs> yeah, gastropub dinner, you know? But that was kind of like about it, right? And then someone said to me, have you heard that a Michelin star restaurant has opened in Menai Bridge? And I was like, what? And I said, I said no, I didn't know that. They said, not only that, they are fully booked six months in advance, right? And the thing was, right, you, you wouldn't have thought that this clientele would have been in that area. But they knew that the experience they were going to offer was going to be like nothing else. And it's, you know, I think it's a minimum of 95 a head to eat there. And that's not including any wine or drinks or anything else. And they go and open up their bookings for a, a set amount of time now, like twice a year. And the thing completely sells out, you know, and they're fully booked six months at a time. And if you look at a lot of these Michelin star restaurants, you know, in order to get the Michelin star, it's all based on the experience, you know. It's mm-hmm. the it's it's the theatre of it. It's not just the price, and it's, it's the, the same for us. Yes, exactly. You know, it's this experience that the client gets to have. You know, and it's the same for us. And at the moment, there's so many salons out there that aren't thinking outside the box. You know, so many of us are fighting over the same clients because the experience is pretty much the same. And it can be the smallest little thing. Like, for instance, I had a client once who came into me and she just got back from Japan. And she sat in my chair and I said to her, did you get your head? And when you went to Japan, she goes, oh my God, I actually did. She goes, I went in and I got a blow dry and you never guess what happened. I was like, what? And I was expecting to say like, you know, the blow dry lasted a week or something or three weeks or something. And she did. She said to me, when I went in there, they took my glasses off me, right? She wore glasses. She took, they took my glasses off me and they put them in this special box, right? And then after I'd finished the blow dry, they put the glasses back and they have never been cleaner. They were like, <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not sure what was in it, what they did to it, but I put them on and I was like, oh my God, they are like better than you. And that's all she was raving about. And I was like, God, I love that. You know, it cost them probably nothing to do, took no time at all. But this client was raving about it. And that's the little stuff. That is the magic that I think that is 
is is so obvious you know for me i think it's so obvious that so many um salons could be doing this and just crushing it you know and just standing out head and shoulders above everybody else by adding a couple of these little things and like that you're saying look outside the box so don't just look at what other hair mm-hmm. style or hair salons are doing or right. other beauty salons are doing look at your local restaurant look at your local awesome. bar or optician anywhere you go that there's a service going on right what else are they doing yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. you know um, i had another salon recently just while we're on that subject of um being in ireland of course we get the, the occasional day of rain occasionally <laughs> and uh, you know one salon has this has this um uh, has this rule in place that whenever it's raining they insist on walking their guests with an umbrella to their vehicle i mean that stuff reminds me of kind of like you know uh five-star hotels back in the 1940s or something like that you know to have that doorman concierge service but again it takes somebody a couple of minutes to do it but the knock-on effect from that the reaction from the guests and of course the posts now they're going to be putting all over social media are just incredible and that's what they're going to talk about i'm not going to talk about the amazing haircut because that is now expected all right, they're going to be talking about the added service. So, you know, when you're putting these things on top of what you do normally and, and you're over-delivering on the expectation, then your prices can easily reflect that and they won't even, they won't even blink at it. Obviously, there's, there has to be this change and, the, you know, the leaders in the industry have copped on to it. So now it's time for everyone else to, you know, move on with that. But what if, for instance a stylist or an owner wasn't quite ready to raise their prices and face a little bit of a backlash, like we said. What issues can you come across after implementing a a price hike? Not just the issues, but how do you also kind of make it foolproof to prevent the issue? So don't just be reactive, be active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, first of all, you've got to have a formula, you've got to be ready for it. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of hairdressers out there that are fully booked, all right, or haven't raised their prices for years. For the, for me, that's a no-brainer, okay? Now, if you are still going to get a backlash from it, you know, if you're worried about that, then I think that you handle it in the moment. You know, first of all, you've got to make sure that um, that you are informing them that there has been a price increase. And there's ways of doing that. Like, you could even just talk about, have you seen our new menu or the launch of our new menu, you know? Um, and that can, of course include the price increase as well um uh you can also talk about if you think if you know that if you feel like there's certain clients that are going to be sticky with it i think it's fine to include it in the consultation that just to let you know and you know it's because of of other things that are happening you know it's because of product increases it's because you haven't raised them in five years you know and yet my rent and my product cost has all gone up you know and we're having to do this now and it's also fine for some clients to choose not to come and see you anymore, you know, be okay with that because you've got to open some space for your new clients. You know, maybe they are not supposed to be your client forever. Maybe they're supposed to go and see somebody else in the salon. You know, you've got, if you've got younger stylists that are coming through, it's a perfect opportunity for them to pick up those clients as well. So I think it's just one of those things that it's always evolving and then we've got to be okay with it. But like that, if you've got a plan in place, information, information is key. Be open, be transparent. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Well, it's costing me a lot more to do your haircut now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what we used to do, actually, um, I just, just re- recalling now, but um, we used to celebrate it, okay? So what we would do, if one of my stylists had a price increase, we would put a little poster up in the, you know, all of my clients actually went into a little changing area, changing when they changed out of their shirt or out of their, their, their top and they put on the, on the robe. And there was a little poster that would go on the, on the mirror in there and it would say, you know, um, join us in celebrating Kayla's success. You know, she's reached another level in our salon and um, her haircuts have gone from 50 to $55 now, you know, and it would be, oh, great. And she'd actually sit down and say, congratulations. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> That's actually That's another way of seeing it. Yeah. You're not looking at the price. You're going, my uh, my stylist has just graduated. And yeah, skills moved to another level. But in saying that, I mean, I can totally relate how how that would work because if I look at my relationship with the barber that I go see, I've been following him from shop to shop and looking at his achievements, and I'm just so proud of him every time he does something great. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You want to hike your price up? Do it. Like you've you've been training so much for it. Like I'll be more than happy to support you, you know? And you know what? I think that is the mentality of so many clients yet. We don't think it is, you know, we've already made up the decision on our own head that no, 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 that will not be the reaction that my (laughs) clients give, you know, they're going to freak out because mine are totally different. You know, mine aren't going to pay any more money, but I I honestly believe that there's more guests and more clients out there that are, are just like you, Zoe, who would actually congratulate people and expect, it. That's that's amazing. I mean, like, if there's any guideline to get out of this, it's that it's so crystal clear. It's like seventy five percent book, one hundred and thirty services. Use this as your guideline. Yeah, you know that just gives them something to aim for as well. You know, I mean, it, it takes away that awkward conversation of one of your team members coming up to you either you know they think they've caught you on a on a really good day or maybe it's after a couple of beers after work and they say you know any chance of a pay rise or you know i wish i was earning some more money or my prices should be going up you know my answer ends up being oh my god that i could completely agree with you i would love to pay you more money let's sit down and look at your numbers you know and as soon as you do that it tells you straight away and if it's not if, if, if they're not on track, then you can say, you know what, you're just off on a couple of things, but we are so close. So let's just make sure we can't, we focus on those areas. And yes, a hundred percent, let's, let's, let's raise prices. So don't look at the as scary thing of your staff wanting a pay rise because you're moving your prices up, support them to get to that stage themselves. Exactly. You know, there's a formula for everything. And I think, um, you know, you'll find that the team will just work harder towards it once they've got that in place. And that comes back to the episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, your your leadership, take ownership. It's like, yes, this is going to be not an issue. It's going mm-hmm. to be a thing that will come up. Right. right. Own it. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's brilliant, David. Thanks again for joining us. And delighted to have you in for the last week of the 30 Days to Grow because that just there, it really summarizes the whole month. Mm-hmm. And are you ready? Check it out. And if you still not, don't know if you're ready, give David a shout. Yeah, you know, as always, I just wanted to finish on that as well, Killian, that um, if there's something going on in, in your own business and you would love to have 30 minutes with me on a call, I always love to offer this for um, any of the forest forest crew, the forest team members, is that, you know, um, I'm always available. So please let me know if I can help in any way. I'd love to jump on a complimentary call with you and to see if I can help you figure it out. Yeah, and always, David, we'll include that in the link in the blurb of this episode and it'll go out on social media as well. Fantastic. It's always a pleasure to be on. Thanks, guys. No problem at all. 
So listen guys, that's it for us today. If you have any feedback, uh, feel free to reach out on social media or leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. <laughs>